Yep, okay, we're good. So, at last. At last. We have talked for a long time about doing this. We have talked about doing this, uh, both you and I, as well as other friends of ours getting together and doing this. The big this. round table. Uh, <laughs> big round table slash, I don't know if you could do, everyone at once, that would get a little crazy. I'm okay with that. I can handle it. So I mean, it, it it's just it it, w- it wouldn't be consolidated to one hour. It would have to be a three part mini series of one and a half hour each episodes, delving into the different people and what they have to say. Eventually, ending with a four hour long Christmas and or probably Easter special because no one does Easter specials. Fair enough. So yes, welcome one and all back to projecting. Um, this is a big day of recording, so I'm going to be eating while I'm talking to you. And we we are now uh, cracking open a uh, the uh, Grand Reserve at Parish Brewing. Oh my god! Hey guys, sponsor us. Um, but um, yeah, so I'm going to be uh, sorry about the background noise a little bit. I, I need to eat. This is the uh, third recording today, so um, yeah, deal with it. You know, I would like to welcome at last Davis A. Calais. Oh, why well, thank you, sir. Thank you for having me on your show today. It's uh. <laughs> It's 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 been quite a lovely day. It's been quite a lovely day. <laughs> so, um, Davis, um, we met at the. Did we meet at the uh, the party? No, we met at Warp Tour. That's, no, but wasn't the Warp Tour after the beach party? Uh, possibly. Po- I don't know. I think, I think so because beach party was no. summer before second year. Oh, the, no. No, because well, I I can label it down to warp tours. So I know in, that happened in between or in between my senior year of high school, and my freshman year of college. I went to warp tour, and then the next year, and then the next year, and then I stopped. So mm-hmm. I knew y'all, or I knew, uh, yeah, I want to say this was after I had met y'all, or this is beach party was after the warp tour meeting, in which we had a wonderful time at warp tour. Yes. It was great. Minus the fact that it was ridiculously hot. Oh my god, dude, you're passing out, dude. It was so ridiculous. It was, uh, I just remember walking around there, just drinking water, smoking a cigarette, and just saying, I'm miserable. Why am I even here right now? And I I met Johnny for the first time. Yeah, that that would be uh, whenever we all stayed at his uh, dad's house in the old Mm H-Town. Mm-hmm. That was a a fun party. That was a a fun party the night before. (laughs) Oh my god. But, so many X's. So for many years after we've crossed paths and mm-hmm. you've done many different types of jobs and yep. you're quite a you are definitely a definition of a jack of all trades. I uh, I, I try to uh try, I, I just want things to add on to my business card. That, that's all I really want. I just want the sides <laughs> of my business card just filled up with things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, right now, on the business card, uh brewer. Ordained minister, writer... Of the Universal Church, right? Yeah, Universal Life Church. Universal Life Church. Uh, Themonastery.org. Go for it. Um, let's see. Uh, that. Just picked up lock picking. Um, uh, writer. Script, script writer, technically. He's actually a pretty Actor. good script driver. I've actually... Script driver. I've actually read some of his stuff. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, oh, actually, I need to... Uh, I need to send some stuff your way for proofreading. Uh, I might... <laughs> my, uh, one of my friends... We're actually putting together a small 30-page book of just he he wants me to write stuff because he works for a book for, he works for an actual print shop and actually oh, wow. binds books and things. So he wants to make a book and he knows I write, so he was say just hey, just write some things and then I'm having him write some stuff. We're working on a collaboration piece right now <laughs> about EMTs. So uh, it's a, yeah, so that'll be should be out in uh, January so then I can put Published author on there as well. <laughs> Self-published author, but still published. Well, wouldn't they be publishing it? Oh, no. This is him. Uh, all Fine. the financing is out of uh, his pocket because he just wants to do this for fun. Mm. So, But still, published author on that one. That'd be awesome. You don't have to write self-published. It's just that they ask you who published it. Right, but it'll still be just published author. As so. I was saying, you, can just say, you don't have to say self. Mm-hmm. Well, not to qualify with it, but I do it if I want. You're an honest man. I, I try to be. I try to be, damn it. In this world, it's just... <laughs> just gets to you sometimes. So, a lot of things we I know we've always bonded over beer, obviously. Yes. The fact yes. that I went and specifically bought a beer for this today, and then 
you sent me an audio message saying, hey, on my way, and I have brought two beers for us. I'm just like, of course he did. I, I almost I almost asked you earlier if you were bringing a beer, and I was like, of course he's bringing a beer. It, it, it's kind of a tradition. It's a little bit of a tradition. We, we, we do a lot of beer swapping. Mm-hmm. See, actually, and it's funny because you telling me about you homebrewing is actually what got me into homebrewing, which <laughs> led to my job working at the Abita Brewery. Yeah, the number of jobs, David, it's unbelievable. And not even the, like he gets fired from everywhere he goes. I've actually never just, been fired. Yeah, I was going to say, you you just dive into everything and like like take it really seriously and you love it. And like, sure, sometimes you wander from stuff to stuff, but mm-hmm. I fully identify with that. But you take them to a much further point than I usually do. Usually it's like some hobby. I start sinking some time and money into it and then it kind of fades. And you're like, oh, I really like beer. So much so that I want the life experience of having worked at a brewery. And like now you have this experience under your belt. Whether right. you ever use it again or not, it's like that's, you know, we all believe that learning Latin makes you better at language, right? You just have all these different things you've done. Mm-hmm. And you're very strong case for the uh, the Renaissance man. Well, I and it's actually funny that you bring up the uh, idea of the Renaissance man. Is uh, <laughs> I uh, There was a video that one of my friends put on Facebook of someone doing a TED Talk about... People that's like, okay, well, <clears throat> when they ask you when you're a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And it's this one like definite thing and they don't really consider it a lot, but you consider that as a person. Like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Right. Like, what do I want to be? What's this one thing that I identify myself as? Right. And for some people, I guess I don't fit into that thing where I don't want to be just one thing. Like, I don't, I, I you know what, being a doctor would be awesome, but I probably have to do something else in that point in time. <laughs> Like right now, I work for a shipping company, but I also host a trivia show once a week at a Mellow Mushroom over on Oak Street. And then I also pick up tables there, and then I randomly pop in and do podcasts for people. Um, uh, brew beer every once in a while. Oh, <laughs> Home Brewer. That was the other title yes. I had on there. As well as... Uh, With your insanely clean diction and patterns of speech, which I I'm sh- sure people comment on all the time. Uh, do you... Everyone keeps on telling me at work. They're like, oh, man, you should totally... You have a voice for radio. You should totally do that. And I'm like, ha-ha, and a face for it, too. And they get a laugh, and they give me an extra dollar, maybe. I'm, I don't know. I'm not too sure I'm the tip in that one. But, <laughs> um, yeah, just trying to trying to articulate. Well, I had an accent when I was a kid. Like, real bad South Plaquemine accent. Mm-hmm. Like, really bad. But moving around a bunch and uh, watching... Pretty much getting my accent from television really kind of helped me, you know... Dictate, pronounce pronounce words properly. As you sit there and you might, stammer your, through your it. syntax might not be great, but oh, this is funny. It's like it's not even, not even a bad thing. It just everyone notices it. You just have a very clean. It's kind of like posh without the British accent. It really is. It's very like obviously not stuck up, right. but it's just it's very very clear. Every syllable is pronounced. Everything's very enunciated. Well, it's it's kind of like and you speak slowly. You're very good. Really? You're very good about as someone who speaks. You're not like crawl slow. I'm just saying you speak at a very relaxed pace. And as someone who talks really quickly, it makes me very aware of how fast I'm talking. It's interesting. And uh, you know, see, I always thought that I talked kind of fast because at times I can just kind of you know bust a rhymes, ramble out a sentence, and telling someone about something. Sure, but it's like when you're a little excited. But some of us talk like we're excited all the time. And like, just then you start a little quick and then you slowed down as you were thinking instead of saying, uh, like, uh, you know, you're, you pause, you let the words come to you mm-hmm. and then you continue. It's very, it's, it's a very noticeable speech style. It's, I mean, it's great for you. I know you're looking into some possibly doing voice acting and stuff. <laughs> voice overwork. I mean, if I could be, if I could honestly be the voice of Viagra, I'd be okay with that. Like I could, I would take that with a huge, huge stride and pride and just be like, little blue pill everyone it gets the job done just take care of it <laughs> that's but, awesome <clears throat> but yeah but so we're talking about tonight um uh we actually got some really bomb ass pizza but we'll say oh that. my god it was good. It was, so uh, good but the good um but yeah so i mean part of the i know we i think honestly the easiest route for us to go and i usually don't like to make it a habit i'm talking to on podcast being like oh tonight we're going to talk about but like okay. you and i have all these topics that we're really interested in. right. i know one for instance is our mutual love of bojack horseman yes which like i mean i was interested i was a little skeptical and then you convinced me to watch it which mm-hmm. is rick and morty's gonna be next but oh both apps it just these this level of dark comedies that are out right now are phenomenal yeah like, but like bojack was just I, it's inspired. 
I mean, it's like it's some of the best writing I've ever seen, and that's why I'm excited for FS for mm-hmm. Family. The trailer was a, it was good. I didn't get me riled up. I mean, the trailer. I was excited for Bill Burr. Then it had some funny moments. The second half is a lot funnier than the first half. Yeah, I I will agree with you on that one. I mean, it seems like the trailer is probably. By the just... way, uh, FS for Family is comedian Bill Burr, who the two of us and all of our friends just love so much. The podcast, the specials, just his overall. Ginger oh attitude so about good. things, but he um he has a cartoon that's coming out on Netflix mm-hmm. called F is for Family. Anyway, yeah, but, the teaser just dropped for it. Yeah, the te- uh the teaser and the trailer, the nice little trailer. Yeah, the trailer. Before. Sorry, I guess um, technically there's a trailer and a teaser. Uh, I always mix up. I always say teasers for everything, but I shouldn't. They're like teasers are usually like thirty seconds. Yeah, but I think the, the uh, trailer is just some, from the first episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's that's what it really looks like. And it's world building. Well, that's what you have to do. You have to, you know, establish everyone up first, and then from there you can delve into everyone's, like, you know, idiosyncrasies and other actions and how they interact with everyone else beyond this initial pilot get, you know, get go for it. Absolutely. But do you think you identify with, uh, or you like BoJack Horseman because it is dealing with films and it is dealing with, you know, this kind of, like, you're, we're not in Hollywood, but kind of dealing with this uh, working on the set, being around people, and you're noticing I some traits say, with some people. The set scenes in the second season were hilarious because they were absolutely true to form. I mean, it was very, very realistic sets, which, like, they clearly... like, And they didn't draw your attention to it. Mm-hmm. It was just happening. So that was kind of fun just for, like, oh, it's like a real film set. <laughs> but um, especially with the PA and the fact that everyone cared so much about the PA was so funny because it's like they're obviously the ones who, like... In general, we're not actually mean to PAs, but there's always that stigma of like PAs are walked all over and mm-hmm. just fetch coffee and poor, you know, <clears throat> poor production assistants. I feel for you. I've been there and I still sometimes do PA work, but um, the uh, depends on the rate. But um, <laughs> part of what makes Vojak so fun is when it does something dark, right? It's not just shock value. What happens is a lot of times there's a lot of shock to it. Right. But the thing is they build up so much because you expect him to fail and he's a very strong identifier of like, you know, you're, you're able, you watch him and you go, I've been to that point where I'm frustrated with who I'm not, but I also kind of try to not give a shit. Right. And you're like, and I think the moments like for instance Princess Carolyn we always talk about the well, thing hold on where, hold on hold on spoiler alert oh, well, yeah, if spoiler you guys alert. haven't seen it yet spoiler alert but go like, Jack Horseman yeah it's like in the it's like halfway through the first season or something like mm-hmm. that and she oh the birthday episode yes and that uh, yeah and the whole thing was that like they gave you the very classic moment mm-hmm. where she gets she and Bojack keep getting together and they uh she's kind of tired of it and goes screw it I don't need men I just need me and she's like this power agent and she's like you see her on the treadmill making calls, right. getting all these clients, being like this go-getter and like it's this triumphant montage of like success and she's like to- – she's what's identifying is that she's no longer letting the toxicity of BoJack ruin her. But she right. goes a little too far and becomes like a robot and just being callous and wants to just live her life in this very like – she's all career-oriented and in the closing scene. Well, then but, – but the funny thing about that whole scene is is show she's dealing with her job and her career, which is you know, she's the businesswoman. And after this toxic you know breakup thing with BoJack, she goes – That but, she keeps relapsing into. Right, but – She's still going and helping the thing that's toxic to her, yes. Bojack, her you know her number one client. Well, maybe not number one client, but one of her, her biggest most attention attention stealing client. There we go. That's the <laughs> line. That is the line. But the um, but the thing because like the whole thing is at the end it's this whole thing and it's late in the night and everyone's left the office and she's like got this big satisfied mm-hmm. look on her face and then in her phone says you know happy birthday Princess Carol. She's like thanks phone. You are forty. And it just rolls credits. See? (laughs) It was just like, you're like, this is amazing montage of triumph. And then it just pulls it out from under you. And it's... That show has left me at the end of like, once the credits start rolling at the end, like, it's, it's, it just leaves me sitting there for a second, kind of, you know, digesting everything that just happened. Yeah. Especially like in the second season, whenever he's, with the whole, uh, the whole going out to New Mexico thing. That was ridiculous. Yeah, that's, uh... I mean, and, and, and it kind of plays with this whole, like, you're rooting for the guy. Like, you root for Bojack. It's like, all right, listen, man. Even when he's yeah, not rooting for himself. Like, you, you've had a screw, you had a screwed up family life when you were a kid. You know, you getting really famous and everything. That didn't really help you right now. And now you're kind of wallowing and everything. And that sucks. But, like, but we're rooting for you, man. And you're doing good You got things. your dream job. And right. I mean, your dream role. And it's like, you stuff. got this and this. And, yeah, it's not perfect. But you go for it. And then, you know, it's, oh. Well, and he worked hard to get it. 
That's right. the thing. He got the secretary thing because he was like gunning so hard for it. He finally right. found the conviction. And then he just couldn't. He's so self-destructive. It was mm-hmm. like it, he couldn't manage it. Well, self-destructive to the point to where it ruined the film for yeah. him because he couldn't, you know, be the person on. he wanted to be. Well, he couldn't. He couldn't be the person that they needed him to be. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't need him to be Bojack constantly. You know, flying off the handle, going on benders. They needed him to be Bojack, the actor. And at the same time, they embraced his depression and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Like they had, the director was like so support, being like, I don't cry in front of people. <laughs> yeah, just. I don't cry in front of people. Scene, done. Walks outside, one hit from a cigarette, break. Right. Just that soft, like, not a giant bawling, but just... Yeah, he just kind of lets that, it that, out. That, that, that just, just exhale of just getting all of it out. It's 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 pretty... Yeah. I don't know, the show's just... It's just and the thing is, like, it makes it like these really slapstick comedy moments. Well, the the whole, uh, the first season, they have the whole wordplay about Doctor Who. Yeah. It's like, it's like, who's that? I got him from Doctor Who. Who? Yeah, Doctor Who. He was at the party. Yeah. Oh, yeah, him? It's like, so you're not talking about the TV show? No, Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, I know about him, but I believe they called her Medicine Woman. It's like, yeah. no, it's Dr. Quinn. <laughs> or the, the cotton candy thing. I always die of the cotton candy stuff. But, I don't know, it, it's a really well-written show. Like, I don't think it's for everybody. But if you're looking for smart writing, like, mm-hmm. it really is. And it uses the animation so well. It's, it's, it's a proof. It's really, you can see why Bill Burr wanted to do animation. Right. Even if it wasn't just because of BoJack. Just, you're seeing several serious shows like right. this. Well, uh, the one thing that I love about I'm a huge cartoon fan. I've watched cartoons since I was a kid. Oh, hell like, yeah. like everyone. I still do to this day. Uh, not Samurai Joe. Oh, I cannot wait. But I just love If you're cartoons. living under a rock and you didn't have a childhood, Samurai Jack has been announced for a reboot. Jack's back, baby. Adult Swim is going to be so awesome. They're going to be able to get away with stuff they couldn't do I'm for the younger crowd. I'm very curious the direction they're going to I take mean, it. I mean, uh, hopefully they don't bloody it up, for lack of a better yeah, term. Yeah, so like, you know, make, make it, it so it's just... For no reason, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, so you were saying... Uh, but Again, yeah, Samurai Jack, fun cartoons like that. But oh with... You can't do a... Well, now you can because you can have, like, computer generate CGI right now is prevalent throughout everything. Every TV show has it right now, whether yep. it be slimming someone down or making lightning shoot out their hands. But uh, animation has always had that ability to create whatever you want. And yeah. when I studied film at UL, the one thing that really caught was the mise-en-scene. Like, everything yeah. is in a scene for that reason to where, you know, you could have a director or a... Uh, person that does all the director stuff. Director of photography? DP. There we go. Yeah. Director of photography. You can have them go and like, alright, this spot is perfect. Or even like, alright, we made this specific scene for this and that and that. But with animation, every single thing that's there is there for a reason. It's it, not... Everything's it, deliberate. Nothing's accidents. Exactly. It's like, oh yeah, no, we'll just just just, just put a tree there. It'll cover up back. So like, no, like, we can't have the tree there. It has to be here. It has to go with the continuity of this. And that's why I've always loved animation. And the fact that you know, you can get away with a lot of things. I mean, look what what South Park was getting away with back in the late '90s, early 2000s. And as much controversy generated, they would have mm-hmm. never gotten away with it if it was live action. I mean, they couldn't have done half what they were doing if it was live action. But it's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think. Well, even the first episode, aliens, aliens and an anal probe. I mean, that's uh, it's kind of hard to do uh, in real life. Yeah. So I mean, especially, they, they especially did, in 1997, they came out strong. Mm-hmm. But it's. Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. It's part of the reasons I love, love, love video game trailers. I watch so many video game trailers because it's like, especially, I think, the two series that do them the best. The obvious is Gears of War. They've been, they made an art of it. And Gears of War was the first Super Bowl aired video game ad. Fun fact for you as well. Uh, So the AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Yes. Uh, the first thing ever played on the world's largest HD television located inside that stadium, Gears of War. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Some dude uh, saw a video of it, like, right yeah. when they had it going. Good times. Yeah, and it's it's a beautiful trailer. And it's, uh, well, beautiful, like, advertising or whatever. But mm-hmm. they're basically trailers. And the other one's Assassin's Creed. Like, their, their videos are so stylized. And you get these things where it's like, you could put everything they do in very strong film terms. Like, they'll have, like, jib shots, crane shots, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like... The, it's this is not groundbreaking news. Video games and movies, the lines getting very blurred. Look oh. at the rise of 
look at the Telltale games, the Walking Dead game that came well, out, and all even, that stuff. Even before that, the games that I thoroughly enjoy, uh, Heavy Rain. Yes. Uh, everything that studio is coming out with yeah. is just like the Tour, Mass Effect, all these games mm-hmm. where it's like making decisions and building, curating your own story. Right. And some go to more extremes than others, <clears throat> and it's fascinating. It's it's it's, and it's part of the thing. Like Mickey and I have talked a lot about it, and I don't want to get too detailed here because right. we've very we have a project we've been thinking about working on and it's like but we're we're looking at not just trying to do transmedia storytelling which is so hip and digital right now it's about I say so hip as if it's condescending like transmedia storytelling is what you need to be doing um, what, do you, what do you mean by transmedia so like, like I, I can using several platforms breaking words down trans yeah, no, you're right. changing media yes and it's, it's about doing it's not just cross platform but it's also like using photography video blog everything to okay. tell stories so like ARGs Back in the '90s, you know the uh, the role playing things that they would do. Like, ah, the yeah, movies yeah, yeah. are coming out, and everyone build these communities. Like they had the big one before the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. and like that's kind of that's transmedia storytelling. It's using these different platforms. Uh, podcast the Hunt the Truth podcast for Halo. Yes, the, the, the integration. Yeah, 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 it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And Marshall, who's never given a shit about Halo, doesn't know who the Master Chief is, doesn't know about. It. And, and I've read all these books, right? I've, I've like that's like my guilty pleasures. The Halo books I've read. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like two books behind right now, and there's like twenty. Right, I'm like I'm all. That's like the only expanded universe I keep up with. Mm-hmm. And she and I were both edge of our seats listening to Hunt the Truth. She had zero context, well, and that's that was brilliant use of transmedia storytelling. They they took the lessons from Serial and applied it to their brand. Right, brilliant. brilliant. Well, that no, who was it? Uh, was it King uh, Michael King? Is the I was about to say. Uh, King, <clears throat> yeah, he was. They, oh, he's they, got, they got such a great. He has such a great voice. Like I, oh. I like I saw him. His in a, panic, his like panic voices when he gets all like heightened. I only listened to like about seven minutes of the first episode um, of the of the Halo thing that you're talking. Oh, you about. need to yeah. listen to that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. But uh, did, you, did you see uh, Key and Peele in Fargo? I haven't watched Fargo. <clears throat> oh, I know, I know. I've heard it's like one of the um, best shows. There's well, so well, it, it is phenomenal, but uh, it is in, technically it is a comedy. A dark comedy, yeah. But it's it's a different level of just dark comedy. But well, they're the not two, doing Peele anymore, right? So they can focus on yeah. like movies and television. Mm-hmm. Well, they have a movie coming out. Yeah, um, I know that. But uh, but the fact that they're they're playing these serious roles in a comedy of this and just the two that the dynamic works out so well. <laughs> like they're such a great duo. They play yeah. off of each other so well. And you can actually see them as. Uh, like they 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 just look like friends, like JD and Turk level <laughs> friends of just how close they are together and how they work with each other, and how they interact with each other, and it's just, just glorious, gl- glorious that glorious, um, uh, excellent, outstanding would be a good one to describe it, possibly fabulous. I've heard Fargo is amazing. I've only heard amazing things, and it's so hard to keep up with all the shows, though, man. I just um, well, we're in the golden age of television right now, <clears throat> oh, apparently. So <clears throat> I mean, it's. Because people have no longer dismissed it as a as a like secondary acting thing. Mm-hmm. It's like it was such a B level thing to do. We can thank we can thank um, uh, Alec Baldwin for that with yep. his uh, role on Thirty Rock. You know, yep, that was big as well as House of Cards. That was a big turning oh, point. Yep, big yep, turning yep, yep. point. I mean, David Fincher doing a TV show. I mean, it was Netflix. But I mean, like, well, that's <laughs> the thing. Now that we have all these shows on Netflix coming out. Yeah. Uh, there has been a study since a lot of these, you know, Netflix, Hulu, they're making their own original content. Uh, the amount of new reality TV shows is going down. Yeah. And the amount of reality TV shows is just going down completely. Because those are so e- I mean, I know they're not easy, but they're cheap to film. You don't need to hire actors. You just pay these people money to have them be themselves. And you create environments in which it's like, oh, well, we have a whole bunch of people from New Jersey. Well, you know, what would happen if we brought some in, someone in here that just doesn't like Italian food? How would they... Let's, let's see how they react to that. And then right. you film the whole thing. You have, a, you, have two, you have two episodes of that. And if they're being too reasonable, then you start prodding them. Right. And it's like... It's interesting, though, because, like, there's so many good shows. It's hard to keep up. And, like, I'm actually going on a backlog of, like, I, I finally, like, about a half a year ago, a year ago, finished Friday Night Lights. I'd never watched that show. Some of those... Really? I'd never watched it until about a year ago. I, I have no... I have no inkling to watch it. Let me tell you something, man. Well, I experienced Texas high school football. So, <laughs> Let me tell you uh, something, man. Um, the crazy, the thing that shocked me is ABC Family produced it, mm-hmm. and it went five seasons. Survived the writer's strike. Each episode's forty minutes. Oh wow! Yeah, no, this was this was a seriously long production, and one of the only shows I can't believe they pulled this off. I think the third season they start sunsetting all the characters and bringing an entire new cast 
and it lasts a whole another two seasons, which are strong. I might have even been partway through season. Th- I think partway through season really? three, they like start a whole new cast. The, the old characters, a handful of them would pop up every few episodes, maybe one of them. So they pull the skins. Yeah, and it's like it's they did it, but this was in the mid two thousands. This went through the writer strike. It survived the writer strike, right? And that you can see the dip during the writer strike, right. and it kind of jumped the shark a tiny bit on the story. But oh, other than that, God. it was. I mean, this was brilliant. And the thing is, it's all shot in super sixteen millimeter film. Oh. Back when, like, kind of the handheld look was kind of getting popular, mm-hmm. but it's not abused. Thanks, Super Eight. Yep, but it's not abused, um, and it's a beautifully shot show. Um, I always tell people the nice thing is that the pilot is amazing. Like okay. the first episode, and the thing is, if you don't like the pilot, then you won't like the show. It's all that right. simple. It's forty minutes, and you, and it's not the end of the world. Instead of like people going like, "Oh, you gotta watch the first half," you know, people like take things and ramp up. Right. Well, like like Agents, Agents of Shield or Parks and Rec. Oh yeah, that first season's kind of uh, kind of humdrum. It's it's well, it's they rough. had they had to change around Leslie Nope's character. Yeah, they had yeah. to make her more of a you know dominant. Figure. Well, dude, since you, you you've convinced me to actually watch Friday Night Lights, I, people have been telling me for a while, and again, it's. High school I, I ignored it for a Texas. long time, and then after two more people, when I was out drinking some they like started, they were like, "You have to watch it. You do film. How have you not watched this?" And Am Marsh and I watched the first episode, and at the end, we were just like, "Oh my god!" I mean, ten minutes in, I was sitting there going, "Like, this is some next level cinematography. This is really good. I mean, it's beautifully shot. It's it's even if you don't know anything about film, it's, you can see it." And the thing is, it brings you into a world so quickly and introduces so many characters, but they're not intent on you understanding every detail of every character. They're just kind okay. of introducing them. You'll catch some subtleties. Maybe you'll miss it, but that's okay because you're going to see him again the next episode and maybe you'll catch it that time. And like the first episode is the second lowest, I mean, like, sorry, second, like most intense, like quote unquote unrealistic moment. It's like, if you, it's very well grounded in my right. opinion. It's um, basically you get the feature film in the first forty minutes, but it's a different school, different right. people. But you get kind of a vague outline of that movie. Okay, and um, and it's like it's so intense, and they get you, they pull you so hard into it, and just they just drag you into it. And there's just like I remember, <clears throat> I'm not gonna spoil anything. I promise. There is a part where a character started crying in it. And I just started bawling. A TV show had me bawling in 35 minutes. Wow. I was like, I was, I was, like, I was just, I was just started going. I was just like, I, it was like an experience I couldn't even possibly relate to. And they found a way to make it feel like it was happening. It was so visceral. See, see, I, uh, I actually can't watch Veronica Mars and get high anymore because I keep <laughs> on crying at every episode. <laughs> I mean, there was one where I'm just sitting there and you know, it's, it's, she's just talking to her friends and it's just. He's it, like, oh, he has this video of her from whenever they were kids. Oh my god, it's the it's the video will. So they're putting the video of her, and oh, she doesn't get along with these people now, but she did beforehand. Now they're going okay, and so everything's gonna be better in the end. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just just two episodes in a row that happened. Like, uh, I was like, no, I can't watch this TV show and be anything but sober when I watch it. Just, just. Uh. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my it's a, god! I mean, the people that—it's the people that did Party Down. That's yeah. like their first thing they did. So yeah. it's just ah, uh. it's 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 interesting. It's like so many because it was hard to find really great shows. Why was The Sopranos such a big deal? Sopranos was a legitimately good show, right? But, but I didn't have it HBO. Was HBO, well, exactly. It was HBO putting mm-hmm. it out, and they weren't doing a lot of TV well, shows. The time. Wire was huge whenever it was around. Oh yeah, but these guys were rare, and so finding something on regular television that wasn't like a sitcom right and these like high budget narrative dramas mm-hmm. was like few and far between and it's not again it's not like these things didn't exist until netflix it's just that it was not and now people see the profitability that they can treat their audiences more intelligently well i'm glad that we've taken from the uh the english model of television and introducing mini series or yes. mini seasons like that's how Bowser uh, galactica came about uh what was it? That um, Agent Carter, to be more re- recent with it. Yep. That's literally eight, ten episodes over the winter break to you know tide you off in between all the mi- main TV shows happening and in the fall and the summer. Nuts for it. Exactly. And even now. And then uh, what was it? Broadchurch over. What was it Broadchurch? Yeah. David Tennant and that. like someone. And it was an English TV show yeah. they adapted for here. Still miniseries. They're adapting it and they're they're using it properly because I mean, come on. A lot of TV shows, the whole, you know, jumping the shark. I mean, look at the big one everyone brings up is the last season of Roseanne. 
pretty much as oh everyone. Oh, I actually I actually like don't know much about Roseanne. I've uh, seen you know as a kid some episodes. Uh, my, my parents wouldn't let me watch Roseanne because they did not they they, they considered it too white trash for us to watch. But oh eh, eh, we'll, we'll that's that's another podcast. We'll discuss that one later. <laughs> um, uh, but in the, they were like you know a blue collar family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was like all in the family. No. uh... What was it? Those were the days. Oh, that's all in the family. All in the family. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a blue collar family. But then, like in the last season, uh, everyone got they won the lottery or something happened. Everyone got really rich, and like this other crazy thing happened. And I think at one episode they revealed something to be completely a dream. Uh, like so, the last no. season was just just garbage. It which was proves all a like, dream. But, and they used to read Word Up magazine. magazine, Salt and Pepper, and Heavy D in the limousine. But aside from that, yeah, they just kind of did that to the uh, the TV show and kind of, you know, just dragged it on for too long. Whereas now it's like, all right, miniseries, just boom to boom, done. It's good art at that point in time. It's a good television show to watch. You're not trying to, you know, milk it for all it's worth. Well, you end up killing it. And it's like, that's why I was saying that it was great because you've seen Battlestar Galactica, huh? No. It's actually uh, very, very All good. I know is that everyone's a Cylon and frack. <laughs> yes, fracking, frack. Frack. Uh, you fracking frack hole. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But the uh, mother fracker, that's a good one. Oh, yep. I love when they say mother fracker. It just makes it so painfully obvious. They, and it was clever. Then. It was like with uh, uh, Firefly. What's the... Yeah. It's, um, the, well, they just had random... No, no, but words. there was one they actually... Um, there was a word. I can't remember. But yeah, well, they'd always curse in Chinese and stuff. Yeah, that's what I was going to It was always in Chinese. Or uh, have you ever seen the, the Fantastic Mr. Fox? I haven't. Oh, it's, I know, it is. It's, I know. But it, it's Wes Anderson doing claymation. It's awesome. No, I've, I've actually heard it's really good. I'm not. I never. I did not watch it because I wasn't interested. I just. Well, there's I have too it, many things I need well, to watch. Well, I have it on DVD if you want to borrow it. I would love it's to that watch. good. I have it on DVD. There you go. Um, uh, but they instead of saying cuss words, they just say cuss. Like, what the cuss are you talking about? So That's actually really funny. Imagine George Clooney and Bill Murray getting into an argument where every other word is just cuss. <laughs> but the. Um, was it Battlestar Galactica was mm-hmm. originally just two episode miniseries, two yeah. episodes, and it that was, was on... the uh, the original one back in the uh, well the original like was the in the seventies that oh, was, that yeah, actually 70s, ran 80s. that actually ran for a while okay then in like the early two thousand mid two thousand they yeah. did a two episode miniseries like hour fifteen minutes each yeah that was like building the world like the twelve planets everyone lives on and then like everyone getting nuked and dying and then humanity fleeing on their ships and then it was so popular that they then used that as the pilot and created the show. Oh, that's cool. That's the thing. It was like, it was, I don't think it was originally, I need to double check that, but I'm almost positive it wasn't designed to be a show at first. It was just a miniseries. Hmm. And it just went really well. And the thing is, the miniseries, you can tell the difference because the miniseries is good. It's very angsty. Very angsty. Comparative. I mean, the show gets a little angsty, but like, there's just some stuff in it just like, oh, my father and I, we don't talk. You know, that, that kind of stuff. Well, it's, but well, that's the way it was still the excellently done. Well, that's how they have to do the narrative because if you're trying to, you know, take an entire story arc and. <laughs> Sorry, you have a you have a whole story arc. You either condense it down into these, you know, as you said, the little mini series, the two right. hour and a half long episodes, or if it's typical syndicated TV show, you have twenty one episodes or twenty two episodes or mid season it up ten to eleven episodes. Right. Just get that done with. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But yes, yes, I know. I, I I've heard nothing but good things about Battlestar Galactica. But I'm not haven't watched it. It's also and very then long. I, it, it, I'm not gonna say it has a bad tinge in my mouth because of someone, but it has a bad tinge in my mouth because of someone. But again, another podcast. We'll discuss that <laughs> at a later point in time. You're just locking down all these dates. Oh yeah, completely. Uh, we, <laughs> I'm actually I'm okay with that. <laughs> I mean, what, I mean, what else are we gonna talk about at that point in time? I mean, we still have to talk about uh, the things you're not supposed to talk. We have a politics episode we got to oh, cover. I can't wait for that. Um, uh, a lot of apathy in that one. A lot of lot of apathy. <laughs> um, uh, we still have the drug the drug episode we um uh, talked about possibly. Oh yeah. <laughs> about uh you know mankind and different cocktails that he or she chooses to enjoy yeah i think it'd be, that's it is interesting because the drug conversation is shifting a lot now so that could be I interesting mean, well, well what was it? canada just is just announced they're going to be the first g7 country <laughs> yep, to have legalized yep. marijuana yep and, and that's uh, that, i think that's georgia clean. announced something about they're starting to look at really? some changes I, I saw a quick headline earlier i gotta double check that see I'm, I'm i'm about it but i really just want industrial hemp to be legalized everywhere so we can finally start using industrial hemp for things as it was meant to be done it is it is a pretty strong rope 
I mean, I mean, <laughs> you can do more things with it. Damn it! It's you can eat it. You can make you can make bricks with it. Apparently, according to uh, on it, you can do protein powders. <laughs> yep, you can do. Oh, dude, hemp protein. I mean, they what was it? They've been using hemp seeds to uh, the hemp seeds to make bird feed for the past fifty years, and yeah. well, they've gotten away with it that way. <laughs> but yeah, but oh, so have you seen the new iPad Pro thing? No, I haven't. Okay, their pencil, which by the way, they're they're classy, so it's not a pen anymore; it's a pencil. Ah, uh, it looks pretty fly, dude. It actually can like how you have it. How held. the hell did you just segue into this? Oh, because because we have ADHD. I, well, well, I'm looking. <laughs> Not diagnosed, sir. Not diagnosed <laughs> at all. And there's a there's a nice little Apple, logo, logo, right Apple logo right in front of me. But uh, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, that you know this <laughs> this uh, high ABV uh, barley wine has really gotten me uh, got they got the brain working for lack of a better term. We would not drink alcohol. No, not at all. <laughs> no, never, never, never. But um, so I'm trying to think of what else. So. We talked about BoJack Horseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a lot about your hobbies. A little bit about random hobbies. Uh, I know there's something we're going to regret if we don't talk about it. Well, I know earlier I was telling you about this stout pairing that I'm doing uh, later on this month. And since, you know, we've gone back full circle. Let's do it. Let's go into beer. Let's go into beer. Because uh, I've well, actually, in all my episodes, I've not got to talk to him about beer yet. Okay, so uh, the stout pairing let's we have right well, now. Well, we'll build, let's, 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 I'm going to, I hate doing this to people. I want to work up really quickly. So, as we said earlier, Davis and I both homebrew. I've actually been very derelict in my responsibilities at homebrew. Uh, to the point it, where. It's, it's been over a year for me. Yeah, well it's been bad. Year. And it's, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's been a bad dry spell. And, um, I mean, to the point where Brandon Bruce, a good friend of mine, he, uh, uh, you know, he did some first batches with me a while back, and like, God, he's all grain now. He has a corgi named Barley. Mm. I am so jealous. First of all, jealous because it's corgi. Second, Second off, all, for the amazing name, right? Oh my God! It's, I was like, I just lot, told him, I was like, I, was like, I hate this you. Malt, right? Barley, like, what a good name. But anyway, he um, like, I I need to step up my brewing game, which I'm planning on for my uh, wedding, brewing a bunch of beer. So oh, I'll probably so, call you for that. Oh, so you're actually going to have a bride ale. And uh, with a typical bride ale shower, you know, whenever they would have the gift oh of wine. Oh my god! I mean, we... your... I'm surprised it took you 37 minutes to drop a pun. No, but that wasn't a pun. That's history, because that's when the bridal, like, because it, it would be the bride ale, is what they would make and serve at the wedding. At least I, be- I'm. Might I've never be heard that, my... but that is uh, something I know. Well, that's uh, old wedding traditions are heavily steeped in um, uh, drinking, <laughs> pretty much like the honeymoon. Um, mm-hmm. um, Makes sense. That's uh, somehow derived with mead and everything yeah. happening with the honeymoon. Yeah. And then bride ale, bridal, that comes down to like beer they would make for the wedding. And actually, uh, oh, the wedding that I got to uh, be the minister of. Uh, Can't believe First it. one, best one at the Abita Brewery. That's amazing. Um, all the corsages and boutonnieres and everything all had wheat and whole hops on them. <laughs> It was, oh, it was phenomenal. It was great. And the best part about it all, open bar afterwards at the Abita Brewery. All the beers on tap. Seasonals, selects, everything. Bad Mother Shucker on draft. So good. So, so That good. is actually an oyster stout? Yes. Yes, oyster it's an oyster stout. Yep. 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 <laughs> For those of you who don't know what shucking is. Oh, well, Bad Mother Shucker, you know what happens. Amen. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, yeah, Davis, uh... No, we've both done some brewing, and we need to obviously step up our game again. Right. But so, so what's this? So talk about this. So you were telling me this earlier about this stout and cheese thing. So I think I'm going to start doing a seasonal beer and food pairings. Um, uh, Where? Small, small intimate gatherings, friends' places start off. Um, so uh, kind of a dinner lab without being dinner lab. Yes. I say inspired by, not imitating. Right, right. Um, so we have stouts and cheeses coming up for this uh, winter time because winter stouts very you know heavy, hearty, dark, hearty. keep you warm by the fire. Right, and the best part about it is, is they don't necessarily have. Well, they they shouldn't be too cold when you drink them. They can yep. be a little on the warmer side, so you can enjoy more of the. Uh, you can get the malt flavor thing, or whatever additional flavors that they have in the beer. Um, and I figured cheeses work well with that because you have a lot of varieties of cheeses. You have like a lot of strong ones, some that, you know, consistency might not exactly be, you know, either runny or solid, but you can still pair it well with all these beers right now. And even having like some types of meats on the side to kind of work with everything. Yeah. So, 
uh, the one that I'm really looking forward to trying. Check it out. One-third barley wine, aged in bourbon barrels. One-third American stout, aged in scotch barrels. One-third Russian imperial stout, aged in scotch barrels. All three of them combined into one magnificent brew. Is this your idea? Oh, no. This was done by Clown Shoes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good people. Uh, they make good beer. Good people. Good, good I people. love their beer. Muffin Top. <laughs> oh, dude, no. The uh, Balecorn Unidragon, it's over 10% ABV. Huge, big, big beer. Great flavor. I think it's their a combination of their Russian Imperial Stout and another really big beer they have over there. Nice. Just delicious. Delicious. I'm going to pause for one second, if that's all right. We'll be right back. All right, we are back in. This is Radio Lab. Lab, lab, lab. No. Now we're going to get sued. Ah. You ruined everything. I always do. I always do. Yeah, that was a weak joke on my part. Anyway. <clears throat> oh, you know, we've... Uh, oh, cheers. Well, I'm, I'm, this is unscripted, sir. It's not our best work. It's not our best work. <laughs> but, uh... Speaking of beers, uh, Davis kindly brought a, uh, the New Belgium Ben & Jerry collaboration. These, are you holding it up for me? Salted Caramel Brownie Brown Ale. It's, uh, it's pretty solid. I've, find uh, out. I've, I've been sipping on it like for the brownie. past uh, couple of days. And, uh, well, I, 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 really, wow. I love brown ales. Oh, I mean, if, browns? If, I was, if I was going to say any style of beer to be my favorite style of beer, brown ale. Brown is close. For me, it's reds. Mmm. Have you had the... Uh, and there aren't a lot of reds. Um, there are, like, there's oh so God. few reds out there. What was it? It's a better amber. Chafuncta. Chafuncta makes a red. Put out a red ale. Oh, God. The Blaze. I gotta look for this. Sorry, so let me rephrase that. The Blaze. Beautiful. Delicious, delicious Blaze, beer. I don't think I've tried more than like 10 to 15 red ales. There just well, aren't a lot of them. No well, one I makes mean, them. Everyone well, makes ambers and browns. Well, the only standard is Killian's. But theirs is the most mild. Right. There's like nothing to it. Mm-hmm. Like Sam Adams actually makes a pretty good red. <laughs> they, I haven't um, had the Sam Adams. They, I've, seen, I've they, had the Flambeau a couple of times, and I really enjoyed the Flambeau. It's very multi for a red, mm-hmm. like very heavy for a red. It's like almost like got a porter quality mm-hmm. to it, but very good. But the reds, I just find reds got the 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 medium to light body of an amber, but this multi richness. See, I've always felt <clears> reds <throat> to be a little harsh on my palate, like just like because I exactly I like brown ales. It's multi. It's that sweet. Caramelly, you know, non-offensive. A bit toffee, mm, toffee. That this non-offensive, <laughs> just kind of just good beer. Yeah. So, question. I, I'm just curious. What was it like working at a beta? Just while we're on the beer subject, I mean, I know we're all kind of off the rails here, y'all. I know it feels like we've lost momentum, but uh, oh, it's, the, it's uh, still going. It's still oh, going. I'm, I'm rocking it's, and rolling, uh, dude. M- minus some uh, dramatic pauses in between conversation. I think there you we're go. Doing pretty well. Uh, well it's a lot well, better than us. So. Abita is the largest brewery, well, craft brewery, and I do qualify them as craft. Do not try to argue with the owner. I'm not one. arguing. Okay. I know you've tried to before. Mm, well, no, someone has. No. Might not have been. I was going to say, there's, it's, it's all about the BBLs. It's, it's about their their barrel production mm-hmm. qualifies them as craft. Thank you. That's, that's all we're going by. De- the thing is, in the word of Hermes Conrad, technically correct, the best kind of correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sounded, that didn't even sound remotely like him. That was a terrible impression. Uh, anyway, but yes, they are technically a craft brewery. Yes. Sam uh, Adams is a macro. No, they're not macro. No, they Sam are Adams is still craft. Are they considered craft yes. still? Yes. I, I don't yeah, know the Yeah, there's no exact, in-between. Yeah, there's right. no in-between barrels. You meet the minimum to be a macro, or you have like this threshold of being a craft. And I think technically Sam Adams isn't in all 50 states. I think it's in like 48 yeah, I could see that. I, I think it's like, that. or it's like forty-six states. Not, it's not just like Hawaii and Alaska. It's like right. I, think, I think they're technically not in all fifty states. They're probably not in Mississippi, but uh, <laughs> Mississippi doesn't like anyone. But uh, so the scale that yeah, Abita was at, um, I actually my title was brewer, but I did not work there long enough to actually brew. Right. Uh, my t- if I want to get the technical name of what my title would be, it would be cellarman. And every day I would get into work and I would uh, run the filter slash the centrifuge because, mm-hmm. as you know, in the brewing process, there's extra yeast, protein, just there's things that don't make good setup, beer. Yeah. So we'd have to centrifuge it twice, then run it through a plate filter in which it's over 40 
of these big uh, sheets that are like a cloth paper type with the different porosity on each one. Mm -hmm. So it filtered through one, then filtered through the other one, getting gradually smaller like filters do. Then putting it out into the bright tank. Now, as well as at making the things that make the beers fun, like adding the raspberries to Purple Haze and, uh, oh. I thought they used raspberry extract. Oh, it's a, it's a puree. It's actually raspberries, but it's not like ju- it's not like they get raspberries and they add alcohol to it, so it's a raspberry extract. No, it's actually a raspberry puree that they use. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I thought it was extract. No, no, no. They but keep and it. for those of you who don't know, when the purple haze, part of the reason purple haze and purple haze is probably more prevalent than their amber, mm-hmm. which is also more prevalent than their flagship golden wheat. But the uh, which is funny, their golden wheat's like their was their flagship. But the um, Raspberry came out in, what, 96, 97? Oh, it's I, mid-90s. I, I think it was I mid-90s. No, I was living in Texas at that point in time. I Fair have no enough. idea. I think it came out in the mid-90s. And um, part of what put a beat on the map was they were one of the first larger-scale breweries to put out a fruit beer. Mm-hmm. Because um, as someone who's brewed with strawberries, um, it's very volatile. It's yeah. um, No matter how careful your math and measurements, um, there's always guessing involved with fruit. And... That does not make one. It's not just about consistent flavor. The bigger issues you can create bottle bombs, yeah. which is literally your glass bottles. They don't like fiery explosion clearly, but what happens is they'll spontaneously just burst mm-hmm. and beers, beer and glasses everywhere. And so it's a very, very difficult game to play. And on a good day, when you pop the cap off, you're lucky that it doesn't spray out. See, because it builds up so much carbonation from the excess sugars from the fruits. I'm just lucky. I have yet to have any of my, you know, knock on wood. I have yet to have any of the bottles of my home brew explode, pop, or over foam on me at all. But some of my ciders have done it. One batch of cider had like a third of them did it, mm-hmm. and then my strawberry lager. I've done three of them, no, two of them, and the second one had a few bottle bombs. Not many though. <clears throat> they didn't explode. Sorry, they right. were just open, overrupted, mm-hmm. fucking volcano. Do I actually? Have, <laughs> I actually have a uh, a case of my first year's worth of brews left. I hate you. Uh, I wish I'd. It's a. Home. I have a Baltic Porter. Oh, was, wow. That was my first beer. The Baltic, the one that I gave you oh, back so in the day. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've got a four pack of that, four or five pack of that left. Uh, I have my Baltic Porter. Uh, I have my PSP ale, which I call my pretty shitty pale ale. Um, uh, I have my brown ale, Dave's Downtown Brown. By the way, if you ever start br- nice, if you ever start brewing, you should definitely start with the heavier, darker malter beers, yeah. maltier beers, because they mask a lot of your mistake. They won't if you don't clean properly, which is ninety nine percent of brewing. Nothing will save you. But stouts and porters and browns mm-hmm. tend to. Not like mask. Well, mistakes. ales and ales in general, yeah, like just, any form of like darker ale, anything is heavier really is going that. to protect your flavors a little better. Mm-hmm. Versus like a double IPA or something where the flavor's so balanced and it's so like if you overboil for five minutes, you could potentially just like completely alter your alpha content. Things like that. Sorry, I'm totally interrupting. Oh, do what you Let's continue. Do. Hey, hey, no, this is a good informative thing. This is a good yeah. back and forth. But the um, but uh, yeah. See, so you're saying that. you have that your Baltic Porter, your Bra- Baltic downtown Porter, Brown, downtown Brown, the PSP, pretty shitty <laughs> pale ale. Um, I made a uh, it was going to be a lemon basil pale ale, but it just turned into a lemon pale ale. Um, uh, the basil was, just didn't come through. Uh, well, I just didn't. It, it, I was in prepar- I was in preparation for a home brewing contest in which mm. my idea was. By the way, this was like about two years ago. So uh, before NOLA came out with their lemon basil, uh, you know, Seventh Street wheat, just throwing that one out there. Um, so came out with the idea for it, but I made the I made the lemon first because I wanted to get the lemon flavor down, and then I was going to add the um, basil to it afterwards in my next batch that I was going to do. But at that point in time, I started working at Abita. So all my free time to brew beer kind of got taken up to with other to make things. beer yeah, to, make, <laughs> to make actual beer. So, and then the last beer that I brewed was uh, the Bonnebrew, in which uh, that's awesome. If you've ever uh, if you've ever been to Bonnaroo, the uh, the festival over in Tennessee, all the water uh, that they use is pumped out of an aquifer underneath the property. Oh, so cool. they have a couple of select wells set up that just drill underneath, and take it out from there. So. I didn't go one year, but my friends got me four gallons of this untreated, unfluoridated, <coughs> great, great, un-whatever well water. So I got that water, and then because it was supposed to be Bonnaroo, I tried to get a little bit of a uh, 
it's the proper word, danky smell to it. <laughs> Like uh, like a St. Pauli girl or an Amstel, that kind of just danky flavor. But it turned out being a pretty okay cream ale. It's about three different types of hops in it. None of them really kind of show too much as far as overall uh, aroma or flavor. But it was a solid beer. We've never brewed together. No, we haven't. I've actually, uh, I was supposed to be, well, I was trying to get you to get involved with uh, making a cider this year. Oh, uh, yeah. Because, well, Carson, my roommate, wants to make a cider. But he hasn't bought the apple juice yet, so we can't make a cider. Well, yet. the thing is, I've actually found my ciders, which, to be fair, my two best things I make are my strawberry lager mm-hmm. and ciders. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, pat on my back. And my pumpkin porter. I love my pumpkin porter. But um, <clears throat> the cider's hard to do because you can find raw apple juice here. It's hard to find good apple cider. Mm-hmm. And the best cider I made was when I was back in Virginia. And this is right. not just rose-tinted glasses. My friend Niels can attest to this. He was uh, one of the first members of the po- first guys to get an interview on the podcast. Oh, yeah, when he came classic. down to New Orleans. Oh, um, uh, Rufus Butler. Rufus yes, Butler. yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you do know Neil. Rufus. I forgot Butler. about that. We talked about that was right when Kung Fury came out, so we were like <laughs> gushing over it. I love that. That movie was so good. Just but, um, thirty minutes of pure just just boner, perfect. just beautiful. But the um, we there's a there's a thing called Carter's Mountain, um, and they have it's acres of apple orchard. Mm-hmm. And I mean, all kinds of apples, Green Smith, blah, blah, blah. But we didn't go and buy a bunch of apples and make it a cider because that's actually kind of dangerous. You can actually get yourself really sick doing that for those of you who ever had the clever idea. Like, I want to do everything from scratch. If you do not flash pasteurize your cider, you actually have a pretty significant chance of like E. coli and other stuff. Yeah. You can actually like get yourself killed. Mm-hmm. So be very it, – it's, it's not very likely but statistically significant enough that it's not worth the risk. Um, anyway. <laughs> they do flash pasteurize their cider and the other thing is you would think you would pick one apple but no you actually need to mix a bunch of different types oh, right. so they make that. their own fantastic raw cider that like hmm. when you open it starts fermenting in two weeks like that kind of stuff it's only flash pasteurized good old wild yeast drink it is oh, absolutely it, ha- it, it's, it has them in already so what we did was we bought two and a half gallons mm-hmm. um, wish we'd done five but we did two and a half to be conservative because it's also kind of expensive and we heated it to like 150 degrees if you boil cider you get a pectin haze um which i'm sure you know is basically you get a pectin haze where it it makes it all cloudy which doesn't make it taste bad couldn't you put a clarifier in there to get rid of that or would that ruin the flavor it just it doesn't i I, i've never heard that suggested Mm -hmm. i thought of it but i'd never seen it suggested Mm -hmm. and apple cider making is actually pretty huge so i'm like i have a feeling if it was that simple people would have done it but yeah. it might be that people just didn't think to do it or they didn't want to taint it or whatever. Right. But the point is, though, we, you, we, we heated it to like 150 degrees. So like that, you know, we kept it like well behold the well below the boil threshold. Right. Specifically when you boil the haze happens. Yeah. And it killed most of the yeast. You know, we killed basically anything in it. Right. <clears throat> and then we pitched champagne yeast and added a pound of cane sugar. See, I have and heard it was, the champagne yeast is the way to go. Yes. It gets the, it, it, it or gets, it English gets cider yeast. You only get English cider yeast if okay. you're going to do that yeast. That's the only... You don't do beer yeast. You do either English cider or champagne. And you added cane sugar to it. Yeah, we added about a pound of cane sugar. Okay. And so it was... I, I just I distinctly remember being in the kitchen of our house third, uh, when we made it fourth year. Um, fourth year seniors at UVA. And he... We call them seniors where I'm from. Yeah, we call them seniors everywhere else that doesn't have a stick up their ass about it. Sorry, UVA. Love you all. Um, but the... Um, we uh, I remember he popped it, poured it, takes a sip. He just goes, Damn! Damn! And I was like, oh, really? And I take a sip. I just go, I just go, Dude! It's like, Dude, this is really good! Now, it was... Unbelievable, and then we would mix it sometimes with um, we would pour it and then we'd add a shot of vodka to it, mm-hmm. and it was like an amazing mixed drink because, like, the shot you wouldn't even taste the shot, right? But then you'd nurse that cider and you had a it was a wonderful pregame. Well, drink. you doubled up the ABV on it, yeah, so. absolutely. And and it's like you know, it's not about like oh, we're gonna get trash, it was just like you drink like one or two ciders, you had a shot to it, and you just all hang out. It was wonderful. well, it's because y'all don't get drunk at UVA, y'all keep it classy, y'all keep it no, uh, that is absolutely not true. <laughs> I, I could not even pretend. Now, um, the, 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 the one question <laughs> I have to ask though, have you ever been drunk around Thomas Jefferson's architecture over there? I mean, that's generally where we're drunk. Okay, just checking. Just I was checking. never drunk. See, that's the one thing. Well, 
Of course you were. You were a saint the whole time. <laughs> I understand course. that. But that, you know what? I so delving off into that different. See, that's the one thing I really missed about not going to. Yeah, because you're actually very familiar with UVA. Oh right? uh, well, I've been. I went there once when I was a kid. Yeah, but I was saying, um, like, uh, I remember you. Like, you left a very lasting impression. On yeah. Uh, well, well, I mean, come on. You see, you you walk around a quadrangle that was, you know pretty much designed and laid out by the founding fathers of your country, or at least one of them. Yeah. And then while you're there, there's someone getting married on the steps of one of the buildings, which shows how much, like, this school means to one minimum of these people, two, hopefully, <laughs> um, of these people, how it is. And then uh, just going with that and then going off of what movies have shown me as far as, like, oh, this is what the collegiate experience is at some places. And uh, watching The Social Network... Like, mm. I had no idea. Like, I was in college when I saw it. Oh, UVA was not like that, though. I mean, you're right there. The Harvard House thing. Yeah. Well, well, just the the idea of taking, okay, these are really, really old, old buildings. But they're old to the point where they were built to last. So yes. instead of us tearing them down and building up, let's just constantly restore them and keep them looking nice. And have yeah. people that keep them looking nice. Unlike, you know, whenever I was at UL, the dorms I was staying in were rated the number one dungeon-like dorms in America. UVA did get on lists for the smallest dorms. Smallest. I, my second year, I lived in a room that was 7 by 11. I know what it's like to have <laughs> malaria. I would be hot. I would be hot and just sweating, but be cold at the same time because the AC was not working properly it would so your room was hot, but it was blowing cold air on you, and right, and uh, and it, my windows were constantly wet, like I've I, it, the, the condensation. For those you don't know, UL is University of Lafayette, yeah. Louisiana Lafayette. Thank you, ULL. Go Cajuns. Um, Ooh la la. I moved into my. Although dorm isn't room. now the big thing is that y'all call yourselves the University of Louisiana? Oh, uh, the University of Louisiana. Yes, because of okay, uh, so which college? Which was the college? LSU. Huh? Well, all right, so all right, so in case y'all. In the viewership, don't know LSU is the number one largest college in Louisiana by leaps and bounds above UL. Huey P. Long did love him some LSU. Dude, build a dormitory with a giant courtyard and sloped ceilings. That's beautiful. Do what you got to do. It's that's that's a beautiful looking dormitory. They turned into a stadium. It was awesome. I know, right? But uh, UL is number two um, by a lot. Like it's it, you, LSU is so much bigger than UL, but it, you know, you, UL is number two, but. We're still just known as the University of Louisiana at Lafayette because there is the University of Louisiana at Monroe. Right. So oh, that's right, they issued in Monroe. Right. Our big thing is we want to be called the University of Louisiana because, well, we've had the namesake for that long, or we've been around the lo- one of the longer schools. Um, we have the tuition. We not tuition. We have the uh, people that are. The attendance to make sure that happens, but we're still just known as ULL and there's ULM, which I don't even think is part of the same university system as our system, the University of Louisiana system. But that's that. So a little mild hatred, but that's the only. Uh, it, it, pretty much everyone at UL is angsty towards everyone. Right. It's like, oh LSU. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd have all that money too if we put all of our money into our football system. Ha. Huh, yeah. 70% of the people that attend your games didn't even go to LSU. Yeah. And then everyone else. Like, yeah, ULM. Yeah, y'all are Monroe. We're, we're Lafayette. We should be bigger. And it's just it's just general angst. But it's a beautiful <coughs> campus. Wonderful people. Lovely town. Just good times. Good, good times. <laughs> I wish I could see his face. Uh, <sighs> by the way, mustache coming in nice. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the It's started with uh, Movember, um, uh, which... According to some article on Facebook, is a really, really just bad thing because it promotes the patriarchy. But that's again another podcast <sighs> with all of that. Uh, but yeah, it stayed. Uh, it stayed. It's staying through the end of the month, and I think I'm going to uh, hold out to the new year. And then January first, jing jing jing, shave new it year, off. new face, mm-hmm. new year, new face. So, well, I think we're going to start wrapping it up if that's all right. I don't uh, mean to well, cut it, you off. Well, it's always a good thing to end on mustache talk. I mean, it's just. <laughs> I mean, is there anything better to talk about than facial hair? That is tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gandhi couldn't get through a whole conversation when I talk about his mustache. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, thanks so much for doing this. This is a ton of fun having you out. Hope to. Oh. I'm looking forward to the next time. Oh yeah, hopefully if we get enough uh, positive reviews and viewers, that we, uh, we we can work some out the next time. Or 
maybe have a live feed somewhere, huh? I've I've actually been uh, looking into doing some video aspect because it's like oh these cameras might as well. Well, <clears throat> well, I was thinking more of a uh, all right. So here we are, uh, current location. We are at the Holy Ground in New Orleans, Louisiana, <laughs> and we are in public discussing. The social and uh, religious uh, qualities that happened during the Salem uh, Rich Trials. Let's do this. <laughs> Love it. Do a. Uh, I'm, I was it? I'm periscoping. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that technology, technology. All right, man, dude, this is awesome. It took too long for this to happen. This is definitely a more ADD episode, and I've needed one for a while. I love being able. I I love. Being able to do that, you're someone I'm very comfortable kind of like, oh, I really don't need to talk about myself here or talk about this random thing, but it's Davis and I feel very comfortable doing that. I'm well, not very self-conscious about my content with you, which is great. I, I'm glad I can help. I'm just glad I can help. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again, man. Anything else you want to say? Anything you want to plug? Uh, yes, plugs. Uh, Wednesdays at around 7.30 at the Mellow <laughs> Mushroom uh, on Oak Street in New Orleans, Louisiana. I host a weekly trivia night. Uh, I've we, been to it a few times. It's actually, he's, oh, he's I, funny. He's I, very funny. Um, compared to a lot of uh, name brand and uh, corporate trivias out there, I make up all the questions that week. Um, I didn't know yeah. you made up all the questions. Uh, well, Trivial Pursuit helps every once in a while with some you know generic questions. But everything, I make it up myself. We have it on PowerPoint. Different sponsor every week. Uh, beer sponsor. Prizes. And you get to hear me talk on a microphone for about two hours. So uh, that, that's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Good, good stuff. Uh, is that, um, uh, if you need a lock picked, uh, let me know. Uh, beer brewed, uh, ministry, $40 plus an open bar, and I will get you married. Um, uh, actually, I need to work on getting it done for uh, my qualifications for Orleans Parish. I'm only St. Tammany right now. Mm. But, yeah, uh, $40 and an open bar, I got you married. Don't worry about it. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks again. And uh, I guess uh, cheers. Cheers.